You're listening to Off The Rails, the place to be for playful people who want to create the life and work they love. Over to your host, Colette Riley. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. Now, I don't thank you so much for coming and joining me on this podcast, Off The Rails, with today, Jessie Lynn MacDonald, my amazing friend through in Canada, who is a mental health and wellbeing consultant. Honestly, we have had so many randomly wonderful chats, but I'm just really excited to to have you on this podcast. So hello, Jessie. Thank you for, for joining us. Hello, and I'm so happy to be here as well. I love that we're both having a cup of tea as we're having this chat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it was a little later, it would be maybe a bigger glass with some different darker. <laughs> yeah, one day, one day. Sometimes tea's okay. (laughs) But it's nice. It is. It's just, you know, from the first time that we had a conversation, it was like we had just been friends forever. It was so natural and so comfortable. Yeah. That's um, that's the beauty of the kind of online space is it kind of, for me, it puts a social and social media. A lot of the time, social media can be quite overwhelming for me. It can come quite overwhelming and it's just people shouting, this is my life and whatever. But actually, when you put the the social back into it, the number of people I've connected with who I would ordinarily never have met is amazing. And you are one of those treasures. (laughs) Um, We met through a Facebook group. We connected, we discovered we had a Scottish connection. Obviously, I'm from Scotland, and you're from <laughs> Scotland, um, and yeah, it's just, it's been lovely. Oh, I'm getting all sentimental now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love what you say about the social in social media, because I've been thinking about that. I was listening to a fellow talking the other day who said, you know, often things are set up online and in social media to have a one-way conversation, you know, like in the comments and stuff. You can comment back to a comment, but it's still, but it's true. This is another part, this is another dynamic that we can have is the social part of social media, which is a much healthier part. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And relationships are so important to, to our flourishing. Um, you know, it kind of takes me back to the whole um, Martin Seligman's flourishing formula, the positive emotions, engagement, relationships, meaning and achievement. Yeah. Um, and it's really, it's really simple when we put it like that. It's really, really simple. And relationships are key to that. Absolutely key. And it's such a shame that now we seem to be training ourselves into having these one-way conversations rather than reaching out and connecting with other humans. It's the connection that that's, you know, it's the connection that's at the base of everything. Like when I was, I was just saying when we were speaking earlier that I had my son at the, the hospital this morning and he's, he's asthmatic. So we've been a few times and it's interesting to see the difference in the connection, even when you go in the door into registration and the, the people there you know, like the doctor that came in, he connected with Finley right away. He, he, he got this connection with him. He made him feel comfortable. And that's where it's at the heart of everything that we do. Yeah, it really is. It really, really is. And while 
um, social media has got, not even just social media, kind of technology has got yeah. a lot to do with um, training us to be distracted and not as connected. When we use it in the right way, it can really yeah. enhance our connection like this. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're not in the same room together. We're not even in the same country. We're not in the same continent. <laughs> and that's the brilliant thing. It's just, and it's true. It's one of these things where, you know, for me, my niece is over in Scotland right now. And she... <laughs> Is that a doorbell and a dog barking that right is a here? And a dog barking. I'm just keeping it real. <laughs> keeping it real. Because, you know, dogs bark in real life and doorbells ring in real life. They absolutely do. <laughs> that, that just feels like, um, you know, when you spot it, you've got it. When um, we were talking early before we started recording this about me putting my kids in a living room and it is <laughs> There's a little bit of anxiety to the doorbell ringer <laughs> around um, what it is to be professional and show up. And actually, who, who says according to whom? So just now I'm recording this at home. My kids have finished school. They're away entertaining themselves and being asked to entertain the dog as well. And chances are life is happening around us. Every second, yeah. that's one of their friends yeah. coming in for them. Very inconsiderately, because I have not put a big sign on the door to say, please, please be quiet. <laughs> you know, because I was talking about that, that's exactly what the university did. <laughs> you know, when we were talking about the expectation box, I've been thinking a lot about this. I was chatting with a client of mine who's been having some challenges in her relationship. And with her husband and with her son, and one of the things we started talking about was this expectation box that we have. We create this expectation box and then we create all the rules that go along with the expectation box. But what I was saying to her is she has all these expectations and all these rules and how things should be. And I said, but have, so have you let everybody know the rules, you know, cause you don't play a board game without everybody knowing the rules of it. And also have they agreed to the rules, you know, and it's so often in life we create these expectations for ourselves and others. <laughs> and we it's just, we don't, we never you know, and, and, but we create the expectation for ourselves. It's just like sometimes, you know, to-do list. I create these to-do lists and <laughs> then I don't finish my to-do list. And then I get mad at myself when I judge myself <laughs> for this list that I've made up. So I'm judging myself for something that I've made up. It's yeah. completely, you know, when you, when you think about it in that way, it's backwards. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And again, it's, it's so obvious. Yeah. It's really, yeah. really obvious. And like we were saying earlier, you know, sometimes rules serve a purpose and they're helpful mm -hmm. to us. And they help kind of move us forward. And sometimes they absolutely don't. And if they don't serve us, yeah. why do we keep following them? 
or even quite you know sometimes even like not even stop to question that like why do we follow them you know who made them up who who, who created the rules and what what's their purpose and why do we follow them yeah you know i was speaking to a young girl a few weeks ago and she's having some struggles with social media not like it's in not in the social way that we would look at it but you know a lot of teenagers use this and engage in it but they engage in it in a different way and it wasn't making her feel good you know some of the comments that were coming back from her posts and i said why are you still continuing to engage then and she said well but just that's just what everybody does yeah but i'm like well who says that's what everybody does you know and it's giving yourself permission to be okay with not doing it absolutely and i think this is what i love about connecting with people all over the world is it's really easy to fall into believing that what you see is what is real and it's not yeah and when we connect with people in different communities and different ways of life and, you know, geographically different places, different cultures, it's really, for me, it becomes a lot easier to fall out of that thinking and fall out of that belief that everybody else is doing it. Yeah. It might seem like everybody around you is doing it right now, but everybody isn't doing it. Not. So the importance of broadening our, our network and just being curious about what's actually going on beyond the end of our street, beyond the school gates, beyond, you know, our country. That's yeah. golden. It's really golden. It, it, there is the potential, you know, like technology is there and it's, there is the potential, like, and that's the thing we're, we're connecting. And when you, you can connect with people and you can form bonds with people and you can grow and learn from people. You know, it's, it is, it's, it's a gift when it's used in the right way. It's such a gift and even opening our minds. Like I, I wish I would have known this when I was younger, <laughs> you know, it's okay not to come. Maybe it, it's okay to color outside the lines and, you know, dabble outside the lines. I dabbled outside the lines, but not in the right way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, just really being comfortable in my skin and, 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 and being okay, you know, just embracing things that weren't the norm. Uh, for me, what came up there when you were saying, you know, that you did kind of colour outside the lines, but not, not, in the, not in a good way, that resonated for me. And for me, I definitely I was a bit, of a, a bit of a rebel, not too, I was quite a rule follower. But I did, I've always been a bit of a challenger. A rule following rebel? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. There is now. <laughs> but the way that I coloured outside of the lines was in quite an aggressive way, in quite an angry way. It wasn't in yeah. a curious kind of exploratory way of, I wonder what happens if. Yeah. It was very much for me, I, I was not comfortable in my own skin. I felt like I was the odd one out. Our family was the odd one out. Yeah. Um, so immediately I thought, well, I don't fit here. So I'll just, you know, baby out with the bathwater and I'll, I'll go over here. Yeah. But it wasn't a, 
it wasn't a very a very loving way um, yeah. to explore in colour outside the lines. So I wonder what yeah. you experience. It, it's that like not being comfortable in your own skin. When we first moved to Canada, I felt so uncomfortable here. Um, you know, coming from Scotland where they wore school uniforms, <clears throat> they definitely didn't hear. You know, at the time I had a stronger accent and things were just different. They were just different. And I never felt like I belonged here. And it's funny, every time I would go back to Scotland, I would be like, oh, I feel like I'm home, you know. And it was a few years ago I realized that feeling of being home, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. It's not, the feeling from home is not coming from the physical location. It's coming from inside. And it's that being comfortable in your own skin. That's the part for me, I love working with kids and connecting with kids and getting them to embrace that. And adults who haven't embraced that. That's the part for like, it's, it's, it's almost sad, like when you go into a bookstore and you see how many self-help books, I was thinking about this this morning, how many self-help books there are? And all the answers, the person who's looking at the self-help books, is like, there's the answer right here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. We're constantly searching and we're, we spend so much money and time and energy looking, like, and, and just turning away from ourselves. Yeah. And it's like, what happens if, if you just kind of did a 180 and just looked looked here <laughs> yeah it's weird and I've been there and I have got creaking bookshelves to prove it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't get me wrong I have learned a lot but nothing has taught me more than looking inside yeah. And the really interesting thing is, because I'm such a personal development geek and I'm constantly learning and studying and that's my, that's my thing, um, but the more that I understand about you know, psychology and neuroscience and just being human, it's fascinating that it's all kind of inverted commas proving what we already know. <laughs> yeah. Back to saying, you know, quoting Martin Seligman with the PERMA, the, the flourishing formula, that's obvious. If we experience yeah. more positive emotions than yeah. the not so good ones, if we're, and sorry, I'll put a proviso because I don't actually believe there's good or bad emotions. It just is. It just um, is, yeah. It is. Um, but staying in that kind of we want when we're in flow it kind of feels good and it feels natural yeah. and it feels right so kind of feeling more in that state engagement when we're actually doing things again back to that flow where you know we're just intensely in that moment when we're connected to people yeah when we've got meaning beyond the end of our nose in our life yeah. and we can actually just see some progress whatever that is yeah it's really obvious that that's what we need to be to be our best we don't need people to be researching that yeah <laughs> we know that already and when we connect it back to you know when you listen to you know community stories and um 
kind of rites of passage and all of these kind of things all they are is just communities coming together with their innate wisdom saying this yeah. is what we know to be true look inside yeah. fascinating I we're hooked on science we're hooked on yeah. proving what we already know when we just actually shut up <laughs> right <laughs> and listen to ourselves <laughs> and you know it, it's it, it is it's that wisdom it's that inner gps when i'm working with kids i call it your super you power mm-hmm. and you know what it's when we get quieter even when we just pay attention because do you ever get that feeling in your belly when you know when you're doing something that's that's not right or it's just it doesn't sit well with you but so often we don't pay attention to that it's like oh that didn't sit well with me and then inevitably it comes up that it's not it's something you know something wasn't right with it yeah. and I even tell Finley now you know when he doesn't make a good choice I'm like what did that feel like because mm-hmm. I want him to I want him to pay attention to that feeling yeah. Because that feeling has so that's that's our wisdom. That's it sitting there and, and learning it's amazing. That. Yeah. And more than that, more than just trusting it, being I'm not sure if brave is the word, but brave enough to acknowledge it and speak yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I had what was it I have written down here? I doodle a lot on my desk and it's just like when do you speak your truth and Versus like, when do you hold back? Yeah. And when you hold back, why? Like, okay, I can understand sometimes that maybe, you know, <laughs> there's some things that, you know, there's different ways or, or a method of communicating. But speaking, standing in your own truth and speaking it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And having no expectation from that as well. Again, the expectation box. It's like if you give somebody a compliment. And, and they don't say thank you, then you get angry. And it's like, well, no, you give them a compliment just to give them a compliment. There wasn't, you know, there's no expectation that should go along with that, you know? Yeah. But it's, and, you know, sometimes I don't, do you ever do this where I just think, I just wish I would have got this sooner in my life. But then I think it just all, I, I believe that life just flows. And it was meant to come and be a little bit more <laughs> predominant now than it was before. But sometimes I wish I had got this as a kid. And I wonder if at some level we did and then we covered it we up. Didn't. <laughs> we didn't. We did and then we didn't. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Because you'll know, again, working with young people, especially pre-adolescent, and before our kind of our mind monkeys and our meaning making machine starts kind of yeah. being, <laughs> um, children just know. Oh, I know. And when we have a conversation with them, they get it. They get it that they're okay. Yeah. They get it. Yeah. That it's just their thinking. <laughs> they do. <laughs> It's the adults that have a harder time with that. When you kind of have, I don't know if this happens to you, but when I have a conversation with adults where I talk about this, they're just like, oh, no, no. <laughs> Where's the scientific, like the scientific proof behind this? And it's like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. But kids are like, oh, yeah, that's just your thoughts. Oh. <laughs> okay. And adults, there must be a reason. 
Yeah. Not a thought, therefore, there must be a reason behind that thought. <laughs> that thought didn't just, you know, fly through your mind. <laughs> yeah. Because it did, there must yeah. be a reason. Um, so let's hang on to that thought, let's analyse it and let's turn it into something <laughs> enormous that yeah. <laughs> and takes up a lot of headspace when actually there's yeah. other things that would serve us on a greater <laughs> level that we're, we're not focusing on. It's fascinating. Just let, it, let it pass by. I always say don't give your thoughts a permanent parking space. <laughs> Love that. You Love know, that. <laughs> You can give them a temporary one if you really, really need to, but, but that's it, you know, and then just let it flow. And the amazing thing with the ebb and flow of life now that I just, I see, I feel it, you know, like when things are happening, like even like this morning, getting up at four o'clock, going to the hospital, you know, in that moment, I was in a bit of a panic, but then it's just like, you know, I knew he was feeling it was going to be fine. I knew it was going to be fine. And it's, even I just I love that every moment just is now and another one's going to come along so this one even if I wasn't feeling fine in that moment I know like 10 minutes later or five minutes later I'm going to be fine and I'm going to be feeling different than I feel right now and I love that too it's it kind of it just it frees you up yeah I really notice now when people say I'm having a bad day or I'm yeah. And don't get me wrong, I've probably caught myself recently saying the same thing, but I catch myself a lot more quickly now. Um, we're not really having a bad day, we're having a bad moment. Moment, when yeah. we're not attached to, when we're not going to give that a permanent parking space. Yeah. Then it'll go away and something else will come. But when we hold <laughs> on to it and we tell ourselves we're going to have a bad day, then you've just given a whole load of not very effective thinking permanent yeah. spaces. Yeah. Why do we do that? <laughs> well, we're human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we understand that it's a choice to give out yeah. these parking yeah. spaces, yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. a lot easier to say, yeah. hey, I'm feeling really shitty just now, but, yeah. you know, that's okay. Yeah. I know if I just let it go, I'll feel something else. Yeah. And it and may not come back. It may or may not come back. Who knows? There's some kind of a quote that just came to my head when you were saying that. And it's like, if, some, if something's taking up too much space in your head, raise the rent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're on. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it must be because I got up so early today. <laughs> But yeah, and that's the thing. It's it's kind of rumination. I think that's so. It just keeps you in a low state. It you know it it doesn't let you go into any other place than just kind of being in that. And it's my mom being in the home right now. I spend a lot of time there, and it's funny how you see some people. I sit and I talk to everybody, and and some of them they do. They just sit there and they ruminate and they ruminate, and then they just they're cranky. <laughs> they're really cranky. Finley says they've got their grumpy goggles on. <laughs> well, that's good. I like that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I think that um, when my mum had dementia, 
I remember she was always very good at just letting her thoughts go and she could be really down one minute and then be okay the next and she was okay with that and it was great it was really great um but I suppose the the joy the kind of benefit of dementia if you like was that moment to moment living yeah yeah that we just had to make up our own rules if, from literally from moment to moment because yeah. she would forget yeah <laughs> she could be yeah. in one state like 10 minutes ago and you know mentally be somewhere else in the world um and then 10 minutes later a whole different ball game and it's, while obviously that brings its challenges for me yeah um and for the people around us it was really quite a lesson in kind of dancing in the moment for me yeah yeah there's that conflict that tension and communication always came from me yeah and that I wasn't allowing her giving her permission um for her reality to to be true to exist for her yeah, yeah. and it's really it's... really interesting and now you know obviously dementia is a horrible thing you wouldn't wish it on anybody yeah. when we apply those rules to other people who aren't suffering anything um why don't we extend the same curiosity to them what's yeah. how does your world work yeah what rules are at play how are you feeling yeah how do you want to feel do you know and I think that that's one of those things where I do believe that you know when you're working with people it does it's it's meeting them where they're at like because you you have to see what their world looks like you know what's the lens that you're looking through right now because <clears throat> if you don't you're missing so much information and, and there's that, you know, that builds the connection because to, if you go in there, <clears throat> sorry, with um, the expectation, you know, the expectation box already filled out and you don't know what their world looks like, yeah. you know? And it's very easy. I know for me, certainly, um, relating this back to my mum that I had and I think to be honest we all have a whole lot of rules and a whole lot of expectations <laughs> every single relationship in our life yeah yeah and you know for my mum she should love me she should know I'm her daughter she should be able to remember a conversation she should be able to um remember take when care I of you mom. Yeah, all of rule, 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 yeah. expectation, expectation, yeah. and it can be quite, it can feel quite crushing when you're attached to that expectation. Yeah. And when we let go of it, oh my goodness, yeah, freedom that comes of that to really, truly appreciate that person that's right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. 
So much so. So much. I just, when you just said that letting go of the expectation and the attachment to what we think, how something should be. <clears throat> yeah. I remember um, I wrote a wee blog a while ago and it was um, being disappointed in your children. And it had a bit of a mixed response, actually. Some people were appalled that I'd actually <laughs> written this about myself. <laughs> Shame on <laughs> you. You coloured outside the lines. I did. <laughs> um, but in fairness, I think the people who had an opinion hadn't actually read it. And the interesting thing was, at that point, my son had decided he was going to join Carmen. And he wasn't going to go to uni. And I had created this picture, as those of us with children all have, this picture of what our children are going to turn out like, mm. what their lives are going to be like, <laughs> yeah. what our relationship is going to be like when they're men. Yeah. The full shebang, you know, it's technical and it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, Hollywood yeah. production. So when, when my son had told me that he was actually going to do something that was not in my vision, straight away I was disappointed. Mm. And I had that real kind of, foreboding oh I really don't want this for you and obviously myself as a, a background as a careers advisor I've worked with many parents and, and many young people who are exploring their career options and their next steps and whatnot and um, so that kind of that sense of disappointment and your child doesn't want what you had expected them to want that was familiar with me, but I'd never actually experienced it before. And it's when kind of all the personal development work and being aware of just how the world works in terms of our perception, it really, really served me in that moment. Because I knew when I took a step back that that disappointment was 100% coming from me. Yeah. Nothing, nothing to do with and I told him that. And I told him that I am so disappointed in you just now because I have created, and I have spent 16 years at that point creating this technicolored wonderful picture yeah. completely in my head. And you have only gone and made your own independent decision. <laughs> <laughs> how and dare I, he? How very dare you? <clears throat> Yeah. And I don't know what picture you've got in your head, but I know that it's different from mine. And that's okay. So let's keep talking so yeah. I get to know what your picture is. But what an amazing gift that is, because I get what you're saying. Because we, of course, like I think about it with Finley right now. I've, you know, I've written his story for him. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. he doesn't have to do anything but just show up because I've already written it yeah. you know and but I, I and and but that's I mean it's human and I do think that's but it's just like it's it's part of you know being a parent but the other part of it is recognizing and the I think to me the gift is recognizing that oh my goodness this is a story I've created that you've created you know and that part, and then teaching our kids that, to me, is golden. Like, I've shown up with Finley when I've just had moments where they haven't been the best moments. <laughs> um, and, you know, and I think, I don't know if I told you that one before. I tell it to kids, and they love it. It was one day, 
it was Halloween last year and I was rushing to get dinner at the time my mom was living with us. And so I'm getting dinner for my mom and for Finley, but my mom doesn't eat vegetables. Finley doesn't eat potatoes and I'm in my head and I'm, I'm, you know, I have to have Finley somewhere by six o'clock and Finley spilled an entire thing of milk and I just lost my shit. And in that moment, he went upstairs and it was, you know, I yelled at him, which we just, I don't really yell that often, but he went upstairs and I was cleaning, I was cleaning it up. And then I was like, this, this is just spilled milk, like literally, <laughs> you know, and oh, humanness. And, you know, I had, I, I went upstairs and I apologized to him because I wasn't upset with him for spilling the milk. I was caught up in my head of how much I had to do and sometimes how I feel overwhelmed and that, you know, it's, it's too much and I had to have them here and, and that's just, and, but I think showing up as human to them, I think that's brilliant. I think such a gift for your son to see you're human, um, right? a believer that parents are people too. Yeah. And when it comes to this expectation box and, you know, just our health and well-being, how many people really feel that they are good enough? Mm. They are meeting their own expectations, that they are meeting other people's expectations. And that, a lot of the time, comes from our parents not owning the fact that they're people. Yeah, yeah. Believing that they're, um, that you've got to. Sorry, I'm being I'm being distracted now. If you just close the door. Okay. Thank you. A dog just ran in, and a <laughs> just came in to find it. <laughs> yeah, parents are people too, and for me, my experience has been when parents head on that they know it all. Oh, <laughs> when the milk is spilled, it's your fault. It's your fault. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And that can really have such a powerful ripple effect and not a very positive yeah. ripple effect in terms of what we as that child take on to be true about us yeah. and about the world. Yeah. So us owning and ignoring, oh. <laughs> just, I had a bad moment and I'm so sorry. And that's, but, and, and, and that's beautiful responsibility for literally yeah. you know the milk was spilled and then <laughs> I'm going to clean the whole thing up <laughs> and he actually I've had that another time too Finley wasn't listening and I can't remember what it was he went upstairs and again it was something so stupid <laughs> and I had a little temper tantrum and I threw the fork into the sink after oh his dinner had spilled all over the floor this has only happened twice with his spilling things. But I was so upset in that moment because I had told him to make sure he didn't have stuff in the space around him. And he was late for baseball. So I threw the spoon into the sink. And these are my favorite mugs. Like they're from Scotland. They're from a pottery place up in the Isle of Lewis. And I threw, and the spoon or the fork broke the handle off it. So I had a temper tantrum when I broke my own mug. <laughs> like so Finley's like are you okay mama and I'm like 
Yeah, I just had a temper tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> I and it's just like, and then after I'm like, man, that was really stupid. But I think teaching kids just that we are human. It just, you know, when my dad passed away, I had Finley didn't know that things had progressed as quickly as they did. And I had driven back here to pick him up and we were driving back down to where my dad was. And we stopped at a, a coffee shop on the way. And Finley said something like, oh, I'm, you know, Shanna and I are gonna go out and fly a kite. And I knew that wasn't gonna happen. And I, I started to get teary. And he put his hand on my arm and he said, <laughs> mommy, should we take this conversation outside? It looks like you're gonna cry, you know? And I realized up until that point, I, was, I, was, I wasn't showing him, like I was devastated. It was just, you know, there was so much happening and we're human. And so he's, and now he's, so he's seen me cry. And the other night he was doing something and I told him to clean up his Pokemon cards. <laughs> and he, they, they, something fell out of his binder or he didn't, but he was tired and I could see that he was tired. And he came over and he said, I just need to cry. And he cried. And, you know, I just gave him a cuddle. You know, and sometimes in those moments when I was having the temper tantrum throwing my fork into the sink, I might have just needed a cuddle. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But I do, I think showing up for our kids as human gives them, it reinforces to them permission to be human. And what an amazing gift that is just to be how, who you are, be you. <laughs> you know, show up as you are. golden yeah you know do you think of all the time like when you were taking care of your mom there are times you would be overwhelmed you know there are a whole range of emotions that come with that and I don't know about for you but for me I would be like trying to say oh no no everything's fine I've got this taken care of I'm handling it all when there were moments when I really wasn't yeah. and just saying that, admitting that and saying, you know what, this is a lot. I sometimes feel like my shoulders are crumbling versus the cape on, you know, and ready to fly off. I had a very large, bejeweled, really fucking awesome cape on oh. the time that I came. Is your cape on. bigger than my cape? <laughs> it was huge. <laughs> It was so covered in jewels. It weighed me down and I... Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't until literally a few days before she died that I actually took it off. Yeah. And it did not serve me in any shape or form. No. Yeah. When I say it didn't serve me in any shape or form, it would have in some degree. You know, it kept me safe and... You know, mm. like you were saying earlier, the ebb and flow of life, things come to you when it's the right time for them yeah. to you. And at that point in my life, while it was really interesting, while I had been a coach before caring for mum, I was a very different, it was more um, very outside. And, and these are the 
let me give you tools and techniques. Yeah, for you to, yeah. <laughs> for you, to yeah. you know, be the best yeah. you can. <laughs> if you do this, and this is what's going to happen. And you know, technically, technically, I I was, you know, I knew stuff. Yeah, I had never really taken the time to actually just look inside and be. Mm. I've never taken the time to actually look inside and realize that all the stuff I'd learned I already knew anyway yeah but I had this running kind of not good enough thing going on um and at no point during that experience of caring for mum which was one of the tough actually the toughest thing I've ever been through yeah and one of the most beautiful one of the most rewarding um but that really just acknowledging my own humanity yeah um, and that this is really really tough and that's okay it's okay for it to be tough yeah okay to not cope and the interesting thing was for me was not coping in the moment is very different from not coping overall yeah and for me I found it difficult in terms of conversations with kind of external bodies and stuff. Not coping in the moment is was very easily translated into you yeah. can't cope with your mum, right. therefore we'll move her and we'll do other yeah. stuff. Whereas for me, I really wanted a safe space to admit I'm not coping in the moment. Yeah. And I want to talk to somebody who really understands because I didn't feel that anybody really properly understood. Everybody was yeah. in fixing mode. Yeah. We don't we don't yeah. need sex. We just need to need connected with another human. And sometimes we just need to let it all out. You know, like there's the whole thought storm happening, you know, like and just let it all out and just be, you know. It's the beauty of having the connected conversations, the like the 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 listening and, and yeah, you know, and that's life. That's that's dancing with life, what you were doing, yeah. and I I think when we sp- it's it takes a lot of energy to look like we're doing okay when we're not. Yeah. Oh, it's you know. Awesome. Yeah. Very good at that. Very very good. Yeah. Making it look okay <laughs> on the outside. <laughs> oh. It's it's like that imposter syndrome. I've worked with some people who like I don't feel like I could be doing this. I should be doing this. I feel like an imposter doing this and it's just like <laughs> okay so let's talk about that let's talk about that feeling you know <laughs> because it's just that it's just a feeling and and it's it is I've I've done it I've like you know I'm a single mom and you know when I'd gone back to work um you know dropping Finley off to daycare by 7 getting downtown going through the day and at the same time, my parents had decided they wanted to move closer. And there was just so many things going on. But I didn't want to show people that inside I was just all over the place, <laughs> just a hot mess, you know. And why not, though? Why not have that conversation to say, you know what, this is hard. I don't, that doesn't mean it's impossible. I'm just saying right now in this moment, I find it hard. And <laughs> and that be it that it doesn't need to be fixed it just needs to be that I'm just saying 
damn it, it's hard. <laughs> and the really interesting thing is that that is what everybody wants. Yeah. And when I say everybody, I, I really truly mean everybody. That we want to be able to just acknowledge that in this moment, I am feeling X, Y, or Z, and for that to be okay. Yeah. And it not to be seen again back to expectations and rules of not to be perceived that I'm being unprofessional or yeah. I can't manage my job or I can't manage my children or, you know, I'm on the nerve on the, the verge of a nervous breakdown or whatever you might think yeah. that the perception is. And the really interesting thing is that the more the more we bottle it up the more difficult it does become and then it yeah. can become problematic yeah but when we do just air it and talk about it and find the safe people the connected people to talk to and vent to yeah you know it you're creating that space in your head you're creating that space to to let more effective thoughts come in and you're opening the door to get the support that we all want and need. It's going, it circles right back to the beginning of our conversation about the connection. And, you know, when you show up as you are, you know, when you really just show up and there's no mask, there's no armor, there's no cape, <laughs> be jeweled or not. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, if you just show up, there's power in that. And it's just like you watch a kid do something. Like, I love watching little kids because <laughs> they just, if they, they, they fall, they get back up, they try it again, or they're crying one minute, they're laughing the next minute. They, there's just, they haven't gotten into that thought storm yet of all of this stuff and trying to analyze it. And I should, and I could, and maybe I shouldn't. And what if? And they just are. And that's the beauty of it. I just, I, I just think showing up as you are, I think this is a gift. I'm so glad to be in this space now. Yeah. It makes such a difference, doesn't it? Yeah. To be you. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. I think we'll wrap it there. I Beautiful conversation. I know. <laughs> well, now you have to come because I'm launching my podcast soon. So we can just continue this chat on my podcast next. It's going to be called Connected Conversations. <laughs> well, I'll put the link to, if you give me the link to your podcast when you've got it, and I'll put it in the link below, and then people can connect with you on your website, yeah. your podcast, and, and all of that there. So, thanks. Fabulous. Oh, I love our chats. I do. I look forward to the day when we actually do one, even though this is beautiful, that we actually maybe are in the same room. In the same <laughs> continent. In the oh, same yeah. Room. Oh, my God. <laughs> Beauty incarnate. <laughs>